It's Raw, It's Real, It's Unkempt, a podcast for founders, investors, and entrepreneurs hosted by me, Queensland's Chief Entrepreneur, Leanne Kemp. And this week, I talk to Mike Tozer, the founder of Exceptional, an impact-led, purpose-driven startup that uses technology to help companies employ people who are neurodiverse and people with autism. And I'll explain why intergenerational entrepreneurship is important, Leanne explaining in its finest. Now, did you know that one in 59 people are autistic? I had no idea about this statistic. Mike Tozer is the founder and CEO of Exceptional and says the company was born out of frustration and hope. Mike witnessed his sister Sarah losing her job for not being able to read between the lines. Sarah, a great employee with an incredible memory, was rarely distracted and could follow instructions with precision and determination. She also has autism. So with a few tweaks, Sarah could be accommodated in the workplace and Mike, her brother, founded Exceptional to inspire other employers to focus on people with strength while supporting challenges. Exceptional has grown rapidly, partnering with leading global companies. And guess what? They won the $1 million in funding from Google.org, the impact challenge. So Mike, incredible journey that has led you this far. And reading between the lines, there is so much to your story that I would love to hear. How did you get here? Thanks, Leanne. Great to be here with you. Um, Yeah, it really has been a a long journey, Uh, you know, watching my sister all those years 20 years she's been you know, working age and it's really been a struggle that has you know, frustrated me but inspired me as well. You know, I could see the strengths that she had that were being missed out um, by employers, so many that she tried to work with. And uh, finally in 2017, I decided I'd had enough. I was going to start a company that does things differently and shows you can really embrace the strengths of people like my sister. Um, yeah, and since then, we've been featured on the ABC's Employable Me show, which really put us on the map of companies like, like Google and, and Microsoft as well. Exceptional is working to change the attitudes of people who are autistic and neurodiversity. They can all be gainfully employed. And we often see the portrayals of diversity and difference as other or lesser. What does Exceptional do in these challenging times? And how do you challenge the notions of that thought? Yeah. It's a great question. For us, you know, behavioral change is a massive part of what we do. Uh, for us, we do that through training, uh, running training with the employer partners we work with. Uh, we ran one earlier this week for uh, one of our big uh, government partners uh, through a webinar. You know, what we do is we get someone who is autistic to come and tell their story, you know, to explain how they, their, what their strengths are, um, what their, you know, their challenges in the workplace and how, how they navigated that. And actually, this latest one, we even had their manager there as well, you know, hearing firsthand from someone the amazing strengths that they saw uh, in their employee. That kind of that tells its own story and helps people to think, oh, yeah, this is actually not that hard. This is something that I can do. This is something that I can see uh, the strengths in my team expanded by including people who, who think differently. You know, there's this great saying saying you cannot be what you cannot see. So how important is it for Exceptional to ensure all of your own employees are closely connected to neurodiversity, either being autistic themselves or having close family members or friends who are? Yeah, it's pretty important for us, particularly for our core team. I think of uh, Echoing Green, one of the largest and leading accelerators globally based out of Boston that is in the impact space. And they require 
anyone that works with them to have a, a deep connection to the target population, the people that they're serving. Um, and they realize that if you've got that connection, you're going to be in it for decades. And for an investor, you know, that's really as important thing is, is the founding team going to stay, stay with this? Are they deeply involved? Um, you know, think about me, you know, I've had that, that history that I mentioned with my sister and you know, my son is also autistic. He's just turned nine. And for me, this is about, you know, transforming the, the workplaces, places like Google, so that 10 years time in the future, uh, the place is going to be, be ready for him. But no, it's not, a, it's not a rigid requirement. We also have a lot of people working with, with us who are just excited that we're um, making, making software, building products that are changing the world, even if they're not directly connected. It's been the start of a new year and the turning of a new decade, and 2020 has certainly shone a spotlight on difference and indifference, diversity, race, class, social injustices. I'm sure there are many big organisations out there listening right now looking at diversity numbers and wondering how to improve upon those metrics. How does Exceptional ensure that employing people with autism isn't just a checkbox? Yeah, so important. I mean, times like this, initiatives that are just a checkbox, you know, getting pushed to the side, getting ejected. Uh, I think for us, it helps that we more often than not have leadership on our side. You know, a lot of CEOs that I meet, they lean in when I tell them what we do. Uh, They're really, really engaged, including some of the CEOs, the biggest companies in Australia. Um, Many of them have a personal connection, either through their experience or through someone in their family. Um, You know, a report out of the London Business School recently said that 35% of CEOs that they directly surveyed were dyslexic. Uh, so that type of neurodiversity. And so, yeah, they get it through that, that personal experience. Um, for us, actually, uh, it, we're, we're learning to make it also, as well as having the leadership buy-in, to make it a kind of a checkbox as well, to get, on, get it on the radar of the managers who are actually hiring people. Um, I was fascinated by the, the safety culture discussion you had a, a couple of podcasts ago. Uh, for us, we're, yeah, we're trying to learn from what places like Starbucks have done at systematizing uh, the process to actually make sure that uh, this is on the radar, on the KPIs of the managers um, that we're working with. Let's talk about that million-dollar Google grant. You've been recognized around the world for the work that you do, and I'm sure there are many entrepreneurs and startups that would see the million dollars as a game changer. What was it like at Exceptional before the grant, and what did you do and how did you change the daily grind of the business? Yeah, it was a real game changer for us. I still, I still, you're giving me goosebumps, taking me back to that day when we were at Google, when there was a big event where we won that, uh, that award, you know, 300 of the biggest uh, social impact projects in Australia put forward to that, and we were one of the four to come out as winners. And I think it gave us credibility, you know, getting Google's backing, Google's name behind you. It put us on the radar for a lot of new partners to work with. And it also uh, gave us through that funding the opportunity to expand our own team, which you know, for any startup is a real, is a real massive thing. Um, and it allowed us to step into technology. You know, up to that point, we were mainly a services business, placing people into roles through recruitment. The technology was kind of something we bootstrapped on the, on the side because we needed to find a way to interview people, it's using puzzles and games in new ways. And the Google money invested into that technology allowed us to really ramp that up and do it at, at scale. Um, and yeah, really, it really allowed us to grow uh, in new ways. It's certainly amazing. A million-dollar Google grant could definitely make a million-person impact around the world. And I can imagine you have so many stories 
of early stage employees coming into the business as well as those that you've placed in other businesses. Recall one of the proudest moments at the helm of Exceptional, one that's the most delightfully surprising to you. Yeah, I think for me, the the proudest moments standing at the helm are when each each person gets gets employed. You know, each individual employment moment is massive for us. Uh, and I I tend to be quite focused in either 20 years time or in right now in the moment. So right now I'm thinking of Scott who joined our team this week. Uh, we've got a job for him internally working on that very puzzle technology that I mentioned, that kind of Google backed technology. And what's proud for me is that that was an open role. You know, he was up against some other great mid-level developers for that role that he's going for. And he made it to that kind of final rung and he's, he's the person that got, got the job. Um, you know, he had, a break in his employment recently. We asked him, yeah, how did you use that time? And he said, actually, I took that break to build puzzles and to try my own you know, games. You know, he's, he's so into this. And when he heard what Exception was doing, he said, you know, this is something that I'd love to be, um, to be working in. So I'm so excited to bring him on team. And yeah, his manager, uh, Gareth, manages a team that is now 80% autistic. You know, the people that we're working with are building this software. Um, and I said to Gareth, you know, how do you feel managing this this team that's very neurodiverse. Um, and he said, actually, yeah, this is Scott's the right person for the role. Um, so it's, yes, that's what's really drives me and gets me up out of bed is each time that we, we find people. I feel when you say helm, it makes me think of Jack Sparrow uh, from the you know, Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean. I feel a bit like Jack Sparrow sometimes looking around and, and, and amazed that these incredible people are, are climbing on the boat um, and joining me. But uh, yes, yeah, I'm sure, you know, every startup, it's that it's those people that, that make or break um, your organization. And yeah, I'm really honored to have them jumping on the boat with me. I love that you've just given me the Jack Sparrow visual. I can definitely see you at the helm of the ship, as they say, with many coming on to help row the boat. And your sister today, give me a moment, that quiet time, whether it be at Christmas or at the dinner table, what are some of the comments that you have from her or those inspiring moments that keeps you fueling forward? Yeah, I actually caught up with her last night. Um, she's had it. She's had a real challenging time through COVID. I think anyone that has um, an element of anxiety, um, yeah, it's really found this a tough time. Uh, so we found people, some who found it really, really works well for them. This this COVID time, we're working from home, but yeah, it's been challenging for for Sarah. I think you know, whenever I place anything on social media, I put a post out there. You know, she loves to share that, and would often make a very simple comment. You know, this is my brother's business. I inspired it. That's so beautiful. So well done. Yeah, so frank. And uh, yeah, she she does have amazing strengths and um, is a real music is her skill. And so right now we've been focused on technology jobs and now we're beginning to expand to help get people work in other areas. And um, yeah, I think she actually, she said to me yesterday, it's great that you're moving now beyond technology. It's great that you're yeah starting to realize that autistic people can do anything. It's so wonderful. I'm so glad you shared the future journey of where Exceptional is running. Just give me, if you had a crystal ball for yourself in that Jack Sparrow outfit at the front of the helm of the ship with many on board, what about you? You as the founder, what's next? How long do you think you'll have two hands on that steering wheel? When is it time to jump off that ship, if ever? Yeah, great question. Yeah, I think I've got my little Jack Sparrow compass, which is kind of pointing me towards uh, what I most desire, and I think that is, you know, impact globally for autistic people. Um, you know, at the moment we're focusing on Australia, we've definitely got our sites, and we've already had interest in the software we're building from 
uh, particularly from North America, from, from Europe. Uh, so yeah, that's geographical expansion is definitely on the cards for us. And uh, yeah, I'm always looking at ways that we can build up other, other leaders, help inspire people within exceptional to step up uh, and also to inspire leaders, autistic and neurodiverse people who think differently to start their own organization. So yeah, I'd love to see uh, other people that are inspired by seeing what I've done, what we've done uh, to really step up in new ways. So uh, yeah, I find my job kind of every three months. I'm as a business grows, I'm having to learn new skills and do something else and also hand on what I've done. So yeah, a lot of that technology I'm now handing on to other people. And it's, yeah, it's hard when you've kind of, you finally found out what your niche of the business is and then that gets, um, you know, it gets moved on. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's an exciting time. And we're also learning a lot through this, through this um, COVID time. We put all of our systems, we're now recruiting people end to end online and looking to do that more and more. Well, it's an exceptional time in the world with an exceptional leader like you standing up, of course, and rolling out with exceptional people with autism and neurodiversity. What an important business to be lived and live through and live on. So thanks, Mike. It's been great to have you on, Kempt. And for everyone listening, reach out because there's no reason why we aren't reaching in to the brains trust of the full nation here. And I think that, Mike, you've just tapped the vein of something quite extraordinary. We think we have and uh, great Cheers, to be Mike. here. Awesome. Now, let me, Leanne, explain you. This week, I've been contemplating the importance of intergenerational entrepreneurship. Look, and as a Gen Xer, most people would think that I'm against intergenerational anything. The Xers are famous for snubbing, snobbing, and scurrying away from both the older boomers and the younger <laughs> millennials. Well, 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 no, 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 not me. In fact, I think there's a lot we can do to bring together all generations when it comes to entrepreneurship. So let's call it generational weaving. In my travels around Queensland as chief entrepreneur, I've seen a few men's sheds in my time, far from them being just for the blokes to get together and tinker with tools. These sheds are in fantastic spaces and community places. Perhaps they started as a place for tools and talks, but what I quickly noticed, it's incredible to see the knowledge exchanges that happen in these spaces, and it doesn't go just one way. Old, young, middle-aged folk like me, well, we all have skills and knowledge that are valuable and hard won. But like any simple math equation, the sum of the two parts is greater than any individual contributor. So great entrepreneurs understand the power of people and innovation logic that cracks the code of scaling. More and more entrepreneurs will consider this. Who are you learning from and what are you teaching to someone else? To enable and learn should be what we eat for breakfast each and every day. So enable your networks, look at your teams and feverishly frolic with families where knowledge and experience is the spoken bond of generational business. There's wisdom in understanding the world with retrospective experience, a retrospective wisdom. Just watch. If you become wise in the moment, there'll be no problem. But everyone becomes wise when the moment is gone. So look at who you respect and ask yourself, why do you trust their opinion? Consider yourself a matchmaker. If age, gender, location was not a factor, who would you work best with? Who would you learn from? And who could you teach? 
In my own experiences, everyone knows my company is a tech company working in blockchain. And in 2015, there was no such thing as blockchain engineers. People were surprised to see that my head of research and development was in his 70s. Earl, yep, a great boomer name, I know. And he's been around well before blockchain was even a thing. So what? Well, he's capable and can pick up things very quickly. One could say history repeats itself. And by the time you reach 70, there's not much you haven't seen already in the world. Still, when I got my matchmaker on, I paired him with a cryptographer and a developer in their 20s. And guess what happened? A few sparks flew in the early days, a bit of confusion in the conversation, but once a mutual understanding was agreed, amongst the generations, there was great synergy. Now, of course, there's going to be a learning curve, a difference in communication style, a few teething problems, but practicing patience and the results may surprise you and everyone around you. And I'm telling you, there's a bit of magic that happens when you get out of your generation. Your way of thinking and being and embracing older and younger gives you an entirely new perspective on life. Young people have always embodied the zeitgeist of society and profoundly influencing trends and behaviours alike. Let's look at Gen Z, the first generation of digital natives, the true digital natives. They're radiating outwards, the search for truth at the centre of its characteristic behaviours and consumption trends. Technologies have given entrepreneurs an unprecedented degree of connectivity, not only amongst themselves, but with the rest of the population. That makes generational shifts more important and speeds up technical trends faster than ever before. Now, for everyone, this shift will bring both challenges and equally attractive opportunities. So let's remember, the first step in capturing any opportunity is being open to it. So wrapping up, the secret sauce in the recipe is sometimes the people you assume will be your best teachers don't have much to offer. And those you overlook, because let's face it, we all have a bit of ageism in us, um, be it to dismiss young people as inexperienced or oldies that are just simply past it. Intergenerational weaving can give us the opportunity to open up the kaleidoscope view, looking at the problem and challenge and opportunity in completely different dimensions. Unkempt. It's hosted by me, Leanne Kemp, and produced by the Office of Queensland Chief Entrepreneur and our Mike and mates at the Content Division. Hey, you like what you hear? Well, head over to your podcast platform of choice and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. For more tips, why don't you visit chiefentrepreneur.qld.gov.au. Thanks for listening.